Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. And now, your host, Ryan Wiley. Hey, welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast. I'm Ryan Wiley. Okay, so I'm going to share something that we do in the Academy every week. I'm going to share someone we brought on last week, a couple of cool things we learned. And then I'm going to share with you something I did back in my day that drastically helped change my business. And I feel like we should all be doing this. So inside the Academy, every Wednesday, we have ask an expert, ask an underwriter, ask a marketer, ask a top producer. So we just bring other people into the Academy and we chow them for an hour. Usually it's a back and forth and we go deep on some things. And it's me interviewing them, usually half hour, 40 minutes. And then we open up the floor for any questions anyone wants to ask. And so you get access to talk to all these individuals that you would not get access to regularly. Like for instance, this week we're doing Ask the Accountant. And so people are bringing their BFS questions, their incorporated questions, their rental property questions, their how to have a property in a hold co, when's the best time to do that. Stuff you might wanna know personally for your own business or also stuff to just educate you enough so that you can have different conversations with your clients, okay? So last week we had a conversation, it was Ask the Underwriter. And we brought in Matt Cook. And for those of you who don't know him, Matt Cook is the number one volume underwriter in Canada for any lender, any brokerage, anything. And I believe last year he did 1,640 files all on his own. And he works for Scotiabank, okay? And he is a freaking rock star. And so it's the second time he's come in the academy because we just get such good response from having him in and he loves it. So we had him in. And I'm just going to share a couple of things we learned. You might already know these things and that's okay. And then I'm going to share with you what I did early in my business with my underwriters that really changed the trajectory of my business and my relationships with my underwriters. Okay. And I highly suggest you think about doing that yourself. And so with Matt Cook, we started out chatting about their net worth program and their BFS. I think it's BFS plus BFS. They have a BFS program. And so we went a little deeper on that. And it's still crazy to me how many people in Canada, how many agents and brokers don't use Scotiabank. Right. And this isn't a hey pro Scotia thing. This isn't sponsored by Scotia Bank. You know, I think we need all lenders, but I'm shocked still with the amount of agents or brokers who don't use Scotia. And I think it all comes down to they just don't know enough. They don't have the information, the right education, why they should use it. Right. It's the only lender that we get where, you know, they don't use GDS, right? TDS is unlimited. And like I said, this is not a pro Scotia podcast. But I'm going to share a couple of things we learned in talking with Matt Cook, among many, many others. And many of the students in the academy have already went back and re-listened to it. And they're like, Ryan, this is gold. I'm like, I know, it's so good. And so, you know, what other lender can you use where it's TDS and that's it? And you could go up to a 50 TDS on a strong file, right? Maybe TD on exceptions, maybe like monolines, our hands are tied. So there was a lot of cool things came out of it. We dove deeper into the business for self product that they have. And that basically allows you to qualify using the net income, traditionally how you would, you know, taxable income, a two-year average, but then adding back. So that's your personal. So you take that, say you qualify for 50 and then now net income after taxes, which you find on your accountant prepared financials, not T2s. They don't accept that. It's accountant prepared. And let's just say there's a two-year average of $100,000 of net income after taxes. And that doesn't include dividends that have been paid out or those who have already been factored in because you can't double dip on the dividends. So now you've qualified for 50,000 of income traditionally. So that's good. 
And now you're allowed to use 40 to 60% of that net income after taxes and add that to the 50. I know I'm talking fast. I'll slow down, but it is recorded. You can go back. So in that instance I gave you, you could use 40 to 60,000. And you might be sitting there going, Ryan, I already knew this. And I'm like, great, good for you. A lot of people don't. But what we found out was we asked Matt, like, how do we know? What do you determine the 40 to 60%? Like, how do we know what to use in there? Because that could make or break a deal. He said 99.9% of the time they use the 60. I was like, wow, had no idea. Did not know that. 99.9% of the time they use the 60, right? But there's no exceptions on the TDS. And the reason there's no exceptions is because they're allowing you to add that net income after taxes back to get the ratios in line. So in that instance I gave you, you have 100,000 net income after taxes. You pull out 60,000 or use 60% of that, 60 plus the 50, which is a traditional way of, you know, calculating your income, your taxable income. It's 110,000 you get to use for the file. Okay, pretty cool. Did not know that. We learned a bunch of other things, including the net worth program, a couple things to watch out for in there. I'm not going to get into it all. I just wanted to share with you there. And we had so many people that did not know this information, right? And we got into rental offsets. Scotia has the best rental offsets in our industry. And it's the same for subject and non-subject. Not a lot of people know that. Not a lot of people know that you zero out property taxes, zero out condo fees, zero out heat. And it's a super easy calculation. No rental worksheets needed. You could have six properties. There's no worksheets needed. TD Bank, you need these crazy worksheets, which are a lot of work to fill out. Okay? So... This is why we use Scotia a ton. That's why a lot of top producing agents use Scotia a ton. And it's just me telling you, if you don't have access to a brokerage, maybe you think about that because it is a massive advantage for you to have them at the highest level in your back pocket. Maybe not your back pocket, but you know what I'm saying? Access to them at the present level, getting paid awesome commission with rate specials, with exceptions on files, with best rental offsets with the net worth, the business for self program. There's a lot of cool things you can do at Scotia. You cannot do anywhere else. And so that's it for me, educating you on what you can do there. I just gave you a little tidbit. I highly suggest you reach out to your network, if not your current BDM, BRM, your broker of record and learn a little more because it'll absolutely improve your mortgage business. Okay. So now I'm going to share with you something that I did early in my career that absolutely changed my relationships with my underwriters and just made me understand things a lot more and helped me close more deals. It's one thing for us to submit our file through Filelogix or Velocity or Finmo. That's not necessarily how the file comes out on the other side. So if you're at one of the monolines or you're at the banks, they're not seeing, like they have different software, right? They're not seeing the application the same as you're submitting it. There are certain things you're submitting in that they don't see. That's why it's in your best interest to jam as much stuff in the lender notes as possible, even stuff you might think is redundant. Because you might be putting in there the rental incomes and the heat and the lease. It might not flow through because of how their software is set up. And so then they have all these questions back. So it's in your best interest, which we had an episode of this with Christine Buman in the Academy where she went through kick-ass lender notes, how to write them with a template she gave everyone. And I was like blown away. Never seen lender notes like that before. But it's because of that reason. Now there's no more back and forth because she puts the whole structure, the blueprint of the deal in the lender notes. So that's not what I wanted to tell you. What I wanted to tell you is this, was I knew that they weren't seeing what we were seeing. And there was three lenders I was using at the time. 
I decided to meet with the underwriters in person. I said, hey, I want to take you out for lunch. When I want to go to the keg, I'm going to take you out at the time. Well, that's still a good meal. It's really all I could afford at the time too, but it was still good food. So I want to take you out for lunch, but I want to come and sit with you at your office. And I want to sit with you for an hour. And I just want to see what you see on your end. I want to see files coming in. They were like, okay. So I went in in a bullpen, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going to tell you who the lenders are, but I went to two monolines and I went to one bank. And with the bank, he just brought his computer, actually brought it to my house. And then I cooked him a pizza, like a fancy pizza meal. And we had some beer. So I thought that was nice. But what I got to see was crazy. I was like, okay, so with the monoline to start. So I wanted to understand what they're seeing on their end because I'm like, something's not jiving here. Like we keep having these back and forth conversations. So I need to see. And so what I understood with the monoline was a couple things. Once again, I'm not going to tell you who they are. But I started to see as soon as something came in, there was a clock that started ticking. And this clock would start ticking. And it was their job, or so they thought, to just get that whatever it was they were dealing with off their plate as quick as possible to like stop the clock. Because they were bonused, scored, whatever you want to call it, based on how quickly they could respond. So we used to get crazy fast approvals, but they wouldn't work with us on deals. Like there was no problem solving. It's like, nope, didn't fit. And now I get it because there's this clock ticking on the screen. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, that doesn't help me. I need to send in this deal. Like there's no phone call back on, hey, let's do this and blah, blah, blah. Because they have to get the clock stopped. So that was a big aha moment for me. Okay. And that was like interesting. Now it all made sense to me. What I also realized was this underwriter never picked up their phone. And when I actually saw why not, it was because whenever this person was working in a file on their computer, if they got a call in and if they answered that call, it would kick them out of that file they're working in. And so they're working on files all day. So it's almost impossible to get them on the phone because it kicks them out. Then you play this game back and forth. So I realized, okay, I either need to text you or email you and ask for you to call me. Didn't know that. I was just like, this person never picks up, never picks up. Didn't realize that until I went and sat down with them. There's a couple other nuances I learned there too, is to have a structure the application better. So it works with their system. And I took a ton of notes and they really, really appreciated it that I actually cared enough to go do this because they were very passionate about their job and what they're doing. And so was I. And now we meshed a lot better. Plus we went out for a nice lunch. So that was phenomenal. Same thing with the bank. I got to see when things came in that they literally needed three different screens open and you know, it's bumping around because the software was so old, bumping around, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, wow. And so if I do this, what happens here? If I do this, what happens here? If I send the deal in this way, what happens here? And this comes back to those lender notes. It was like, just put everything in the lender notes, man. Right? Because I get that in one spot versus I have to go in and find solutions and find answers to my own questions based on these three different computer screens that get triggered when you send a deal in. And I wouldn't have known this. I had no idea. So I made it a point of caring about what they were seeing there. And it was really like, it wasn't just all self-serving for me, my clients. It was like, I want to help you out too, right? I can sense you're stressed. We're stressed. It's a stressful business. Like, let me just see what's going on. So I got to see three different lenders and exactly how stuff comes in. And I highly suggest you do that too. You'll learn a ton of stuff. And you'll also send a very good impression to the underwriter that you actually care. They're human beings right? They are. They keep track of that stuff, right? And all of a sudden your deals 
They're going to be packaged better, which means they're going to go to the top of the pile. Monday morning, you're number seven in the queue, but they see they're like, ah, it's an easy one. And I'm kind of tired right now. I'm going to go that person's. And so I noticed a massive difference in the relationship I had with the lenders after doing that. So there you go. I wanted to share that. If you're interested in learning about the Academy, please go to 10 loans a month. That's the number 10 loans a month.com. Check it out. And we have a money back guarantee that we offer. We want you to come in and check out what we're doing and be a part of the community. And if you say it's not for me, then, you know, we'll give your money back and we walk you through that at 10 loans a month.com. Okay. All right, kids, have yourself a good day. Chat later. Bye. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.